Welcome, cycling fans. I hope you've been enjoying all the amazing guests that I've been bringing you on the podcast to date. And before we get started, I want to share with you an amazing way that you can coach with me this winter. So if you've been liking all my coaching segments, you're going to love this program. So it's my 16-week online winter road cycling training program. Say that 10 times fast. So I've been doing this program for over 15 years. It's been usually local, but now it's online, which is even more amazing because I can impact more cyclists this way than in studio. The way it works is you're going to learn valuable cycling skills, such as, have you ever asked yourself, first of all, how can I become a smoother, create a more smooth pedal stroke? Like, what are the four quadrants all these people have been talking about? And how can I get stronger on the hills? So here's the thing. It really comes down to the fundamentals and the basics skills of cycling, which when you get on your bike, you have nothing, you know nothing about. Now this is, that, and that's what I'm gonna drill into you over 16 weeks. So when you finish, you are gonna know how to create a smooth pedal stroke and be more efficient. You're gonna be climbing hills with much better technique. You're gonna be building your sprint base and your endurance base is gonna be much stronger. Now I have a special code for you. It's podcast in all uppercase to get $50 off either the VIP or the basic program. Now go to this website to check out what the differences are. Uh, basically the VIP is a much greater coaching program. So if you want more personalized coaching, goal setting, and we have a reported five to 20% increase in fitness. Can you imagine starting your spring with that kind of increase based on last year? So it's 16wkroadcycling.ca. So that's 16wkroadcycling.ca and use the code podcast to get $50 off. And if you have questions, just email me. I love to answer them. And I hope and look forward to coaching you to become better on the bike. I hope you enjoy the next episode. Have an amazing day. Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daewoo, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. All right, everyone, thank you so much for coming back for another amazing episode of Secrets in the Saddle, All Things Cycling Podcast with your host, Sophie Dau. And da, da. this is my first guest from Australia. And I couldn't be more proud to have found this man on Instagram, <laughs> uh, Rupert Guinness. And the thing about Rupert, and we're going to bring him out in a second, is that he did a pretty epic event 
this summer. He, we're going to get deeper into it. It's called Power of the Pedal Connecting People and Connecting Minds. And I'm just going to read a little bit about this. And then we're going to, and then I'm going to bring uh, Rupert out. Okay, so the aim was to boost awareness of mental wellness, uh, well-being, and importance of human communication. And of course, as you well know, we're all in the same boat. COVID has impacted a lot of us um, in a lot of ways mentally. Um, so this is just a more powerful way to bring awareness. So the vision was making um, conversation of mental health a normal conversation amongst us all. So this is his vision um, that nobody is alone in their mental health journey, connecting us to a better, for the better. The mission um, is to use a vehicle of cycling and so many people, I don't know about Australia, but so many people got into cycling in the last year and a half because of COVID is just ridiculous. I don't know, it's like, um, and it's just a best, a really good way to get around, not to mention like improve our mental health. Um, you know, connecting the global uh, communities and deliver inspiration, education, and promote the importance of communicating our mental health journey to others. So we are here to heal, accept, grow together in our mental health and the values we're connecting, communicating, education, family, and love. And he did this event. Um, Rupert is a author. He's a sports journalist and endurance athlete. And we're just going to bring him right on out. He did this event and he cycled across Australia. And we're just going to really dive into this. So thank you so much, Rupert, for coming and making this possible. <laughs> Look, thanks a lot, Julie. That's a, a great intro as well. And uh, uh, yeah, certainly it's been a fascinating uh, bit of a year, you know, despite all the, all the hurdles and challenges of COVID. You know, I've always been a big believer that I understand that people are suffering you know, really big time, much, you know, mm -hmm. I haven't suffered compared to what, what other people have, but in the circumstances we have, you have to try and do the best you can with what you've got rather than lament about what you haven't got. And uh, you have to get kind of creative. And mm -hmm. if you have the means, you, you, you like to, I've been trying to put it to good use. And, and in some ways, as, as you said, to try and bring a bit of a smile onto people's homes if that's possible and maybe, you know, inspire them a little bit and, and provide some positivity. Yeah, I was looking, um, and before we get further into this, make sure you're following myself and Rupert on Instagram, um, because I was on his page on the Power of the Pedal, Connecting People, or, or maybe it was just your personal page, but he had a lot of great videos that he, that he produced um, when he was doing this event. So it's like day one, day two, day three, I was like... But, and it was really inspirational to, um, the more and more I talk to people who are doing events like this, similar to it, maybe not as epic, you know, um, it just sort of like, maybe make me want to go out and try something like that. Maybe not across Canada yet. <laughs> I've got many years, oh, yeah. but, <laughs> but what made you, what, what, first of all, how did you get into cycling? Because I always love the story. And then I love um, 
then we're going to get into like how you decided, like, I guess through your career, has cycling always been a part of your life? Yeah, look, it's um, in a nutshell, you have to throw back the, the years, uh, and I'm 59 now, I'm 60 next year. So going back to you know, my late teens and early 20s, I used to be a rower. And um, when I left school, I was too short to be a good heavyweight rower. So I was encouraged to take up lightweight rowing. And so I had to lose a lot of weight. And <laughs> so, so cycling became a, uh, an avenue to sort of, uh, you know, do some extra training. Um, uh, and then in my rowing days, um, um, with lightweight rowing, you have to get on the scales all the time and weigh in before you can race mm. like boxers and jockeys. And uh, the, the unfortunate thing in that period, I developed bulimia, you know, just from the, uh, yeah, I, was, I guess it was, a, I thought it was a shortcut to, to a way to get to weight, which was the wrong thing to do. And what became a, uh, an easy means to begin with became uh, um, not a habit, became an addiction, you know, and, right. and, and in many ways it reflected some mental health issues that I've identified since um, from my formative years. But mm-hmm. then throwing forward to, to cycling, which I which I enjoyed cycling as exercise and um, and always have since I was a kid. But uh, one of the things I did, what I did enjoy about cycling was that you, had, you, you eat while you're riding. So for someone who was having an eating disorder, he was able to sort of, find a sport where I could eat and eat well, you know. And um, so that sort of led into watch athlons, you know, did Ironman triathlons, mm. and I was still doing okay. them for a while. And, uh, and then um, uh, through that area, I uh, I was working as a sports journalist anyway. Um, and um. I remember I was over in the States for the old Course Classic, and that's where I saw the Course Classic. And I, you know, I saw Phil Anderson racing there and then Phil Anderson, who I knew through him becoming the first non-European to get the yellow jersey in the tour. Uh, I had this dream of one day following him in Europe and, and one day to another. And then I found myself in Europe following um, the pro cycling scene. Hey, Rupert, I yep. think it's time for us to cut our videos. Okay, we'll do that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Get, this will make on. a difference. Oh okay. God, yes! <laughs> it's All funny. Right. Sorry, guys. We just cut the video. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, or if you're going to catch us on YouTube, we just cut the video. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to fill the whole um, episode with pictures from Rupert's event. So if you're catching this on YouTube, that's what's going to happen. If you're listening to it, if you want to go, um, you can listen and watch to some pretty interesting. Uh, uh, pictures. So continue on Rupert. So it's, it's, you know, it's funny you said that you started rowing because I interviewed a gentleman from the UK who started rowing as well, because he was a shorter guy. <laughs> when you said that, I almost, <laughs> and, and, and the same thing, it, like it was funny. Yeah. So yeah. So continue on. So yeah, so I was, I was over in the uh, United States and I saw the Course Classic in 1986. And I remember then Colorado Springs had the World Road Championships too. So, you know, it was the who, who World Cycling was around Colorado at that time. And uh, um, obviously Phil Anderson, the Australian who was the first non-European to get the yellow jersey uh, back in 1981. Um, I was very much taken in by his story when he was defeated in 81. And there he was in real life and... And I really thought, wow, as a journalist, I'd love to go over to Europe and uh, 
and uh, first write a book about him, which I've never done since. And um, but <laughs> to see to follow him in the hope that he may get back to his his best again, and to, just to follow the scene. And um, a job opportunity came up with the old magazine, Winning Magazine, um, to edit their UK version. And I was based in Brussels in Belgium, and I thought it would be just a one-year working holiday, see some races, get it out of my system, you know, live the dream. And then that ended up being nine years of, of me living over there. And I came back to Australia in 1996. So I was there from 1987 to 1996. And um, I guess the, the sport of cycling became my profession. Um, and mm-hmm. um, I was the hot circuit going to every race. Um, I've still been going to the Tour de France since I've come back to Australia, um, except for the last two years because of COVID. But, um, you know, it's very much been a part of my life as a, as a journalist. And um, so through all that, um, I still I still rode a bit, but that was pretty much, you know, riding in between media buffets and the odd 20 here and there. Was, uh, you know, and I, I started to get back into Ironman triathlon in the early 90s. And then um, uh, from there, when I came back to Australia, um, I was just riding. And it was pretty much, pretty much in the late or 2016 when I left the Sydney Morning Herald I took a voluntary redundancy and returned to freelancing and then um, I guess I could have ended up in a pub just sitting there lamenting my past career or, I, or the other alternative was to do exercise so I got back in back on the bike and um, suddenly I found myself in the world of ultra distance cycling um, wow. which I never thought I would be doing um, way back in the day when I was working on winning magazine. Oh my gosh. So, so yeah, but how did you get into ultra cycling now? Yeah. Ultra cycling, because there's another <laughs> term called randoneering. Have you ever heard yes. of that term? Yes, yes, yes. I have heard of that too. Yeah. So what's the um, big difference between the two? Because randoneering is like this, they like ride like 600 kilometers in a day or some, something ridiculous like that. And then endurance, are you talking like multi-day endurance? Like what's the difference? Yeah, well, I guess it's, I mean, it's a very broad brush really. Uh, just yeah. the term ultra is just, I guess it's, I'd put it under the whole, I mean, you could be, you know, pull it apart and find specific differences, but really it's just, um, you know, mega kilometers or miles, you know, mm-hmm. as you said, or, or bike packing as well, um, yeah. and bike packing. Um, ultra distance uh, riding, it's the same thing. A lot of lot of kilometres. Obviously, different events um, have different uh, rules and protocols. So, um, my my the, the goal that I'm aiming for at the moment, what I'm training for, is the race across America. There are specific uh, um, rules and regulations, and you have to have a support crew, and you have to mm-hmm. be qualifying. You have to qualify for the event, and then you have to. Um, past certain checkpoints uh, within certain times to avoid elimination and you have to finish with a certain distance and a big within a certain time and there's a big rule book of of uh, laws of do and don'ts um, uh, so that falls into the term of ultra racing but you know bike packing has has rules as well uh, and there's certain rules for certain events so as I said, it's a very brush. So I just sort of put the umbrella up and call it the whole thing ultra riding because <laughs> I don't like to pitch it. I don't like to pitch myself either, you know, because uh, I think I, what I love about it is to have an open mind. So to try all and everything. Um, 
and uh, you know, never discount the adventure that uh, that a certain event can have. And I think people do miss out on opportunities by by limiting what they say as type of rider they are. You know, so right. um, on some days, if I feel bad, an ultra rider is just getting out the door for twenty kilometres. <laughs> it takes an ultra effort. <laughs> well, yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> it can't be epic all the time, but I, you know, I do like the word ultra. Actually, it sounds pretty epic and uh, and hardcore. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually got <laughs> into. I actually got the real specific of me getting into it because in uh, I was writing a book, um, which is called "The Power of the Pedal: The Story of Australian Cycling," and uh, that came yeah. out in two thousand and eighteen. And in chapter two. Um, was a um, and the book was all about not just about racing. It was about how the bicycle arrived in Australia and how it was used and the no impact of, of the bicycle on the social dynamics of the then very young uh, country. Notwithstanding the, how old the country is, really with the indigenous uh, people, but from um, from a, say a modern um, Australia or the invaded Australia, uh, you know, it was the bicycle was very new. And chapter two was a was a um, chapter called the overlanders and the overlanders were a genre of rider men and women who would set off um from the far points of australia which was then very unknown the interior wasn't known at all really it was just a, all they could do was follow camel pad tracks um and uh they'd set off on these bikes with you know with a rack of dry meat some water a gun um and a really <laughs> old bike and and try and just follow the, the dots in between. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. They had to find, eat, and kill whatever they could, or yeah. kill whatever they could to eat. Sorry. And then, uh, and then um, they uh, they would just basically follow these camel pad tracks across uh, across various directions of Australia through the interior, and and very much the road networks that we have today that join the eastern seaboard with the west uh, are attributable to the to the pioneering um, epic rides that these uh, cyclists or these people. Uh, did at the time in the 1890s. So I, I wrote, I, you know, did a chapter on that, and I remember finishing that chapter thinking, "Wow, it could there could be a whole book in this." And these people was just the, the Overlander writers. And then I finished that manuscript and then sent it to the publisher. And um, no sooner did I send it than I saw an advertisement um, in late 2016 for an event called the inaugural Indian Pacific Wheel Race from Fremantle mm. to Sydney. Um, and the long way around, which is about five and a half thousand kilometres, and it said, "Is there the overlander in you?" And it was a bit like a, it was a bit like a, you know, I guess going into into war times, asking, you know, what, are you ready to serve your country or something like that. And and then uh, I thought, wow, that's the way into the book. You know, do the Indian Pacific wheel race, sort of try to re relive what the overlanders did back in the eighteen nineties, and with contemporary with this contemporary event and. So I entered it, and then I was, you know, before I knew it, there I was at uh, at Fremantle, setting off on a five and a half thousand kilometre trip in two two uh, seventeen, the first one. Um, unfortunately, that 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 ended tragically when um, the British cyclist uh, um, um, uh, um, uh, actually, uh, uh, yeah, it ended tragically in when. Um, um, Mike Hall, the British cyclist, was was killed uh, just three hundred oh. kilometres south of Canberra, and oh, no. um, and he uh, he was struck by a car. He was in oh, second no. place, and I was just coming into Adelaide at the time, and I learned about it. And then the event was cancelled there, so I oh, didn't finish wow. that year. But then the next year, I came back and did it again, 
And that was a bike packing event. So that was solo unsupported. Um, Ooh, it had rules. So that was solo unsupported. So you had to look after yourself, all your own food and accommodation. So you just ride into like, so this is where you, you have to plan your sleeping. You like it. There's yeah. no set distance from eight, like per no, day. Like you just go until you're done. You go until you're done. There's, there's no, wow. with, the, with the Indian Pacific wheel race, there's no time limit. So, um, oh, okay. uh, so you could be, you could take as long as you want, you know, I mean, it, you know the 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 leaders or the winners usually take about two weeks um right. uh when i finished it in 218 it took me 27 days wow. um i was okay. i was uh enjoying the uh the, the spirit <laughs> of the local public <laughs> at certain towns you know i was trying to indulge into the culture of the town <laughs> great right so but th there must be some sort of cutoff because people can't sit around at the the finish line for no well there's no official finish line the, the, the official line oh. is it's just just the steps of the opera house in sydney and uh so they, oh. they, yeah, the, the, the usual cutoff is how much money you've got left in your wallet to pay for it you know to, to pay yeah, for to food get home. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Some people have had to abandon the event because they've, you know, they've taken leave and they've, they, the leave they've taken uh, has, has come to an end and they've got to get back to their job, for example. So oh um, it's very much in, in the spirit of that, of that. but in, in the world of, say, ultra cycling, uh, you know, a healthy discussion, I'd call it, is, you know, whether the pros and cons between bikepacking or solo and unsupported riding and solo supported riding as in the race across america we you know where right. you've got to have a support crew and everything and right. i guess as the journalist in me i thought well the best way to find out is to do what i did the same sort of motivation why i did the indian pacific wheel race in the first place is to is to do it myself you know and then i'll i'll find out for myself what what are the contrasting challenges between solo supported and solo unsupported events and that was really what sort of tipped me into into the, the first yeah yeah to find out i know it's very i know it's really expensive because you've got to oh, pay for oh yeah lot. oh yeah yeah well what's expensive solo or or supported uh, so, so, uh solo supported is is hugely expensive you know for right. ram from australia you're looking at a budget of you know 100 grand us wow. um because you got to pay for airfares you know from australia mm. for a support crew um that's a that's a big chunk of the budget but um it's, it's it's very expensive, so you've got to find sponsorship, and obviously sponsorship's hard to find. And uh, right. but I look at it as a challenge, you know, like it's like creating your own little company, really. Because uh -huh. you know, with you and your support crew, you've got to prepare, you've got to train, you've got to do practice rides, like we did to this year with the uh, ride from Darwin to the power of the pedal ride from Darwin to Adelaide. Um, you've got to do all these preparatory events and get your operation going as well as it can be, because once you go to the states from Australia. Um, you know, it's either going to work or it's not, and it's a long way yeah. to go for it to not yeah. work. So you would do that solo because I know somebody who did it this year, but she was part of like a team. I, yeah, like I think yeah. she had like I want to say six to eight people at yes. least. And yep. um, so what they did is they each biked like twenty minutes or something like that to keep the speed. I imagine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There, there are there are team classifications in in race across America as well. 
Um, so you've got individuals and then you've got um, teams of, I think, two, four, six and eight. Um, I think there's mixed teams. Um, so there's there's a whole um, flood of cyclists pedaling across you know, the US every year in June in the race across America. So uh, it's, it's exciting. You know, I mean, I haven't been there yet. So um, I, I uh, you know, I, I have total respect for the event and for people who've done it, um, mm-hmm. you know, whether they do it as a, as a team or not. You know, from what I've heard as a team, you know, every rider who's doing their shift on the bike, they're probably riding much harder and faster than yeah. say a solo rider would be, obviously. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, so even within within the race across America, the challenges are you know uh, are also different. Um, I'll never say any, any challenge is harder than the other because I think with any challenge you take in life, it's it, the challenge is what it is. And I think you respect a challenge, whether it's doing a ten k running race, you know, or whether you're doing um, a triathlon. It's still you're trying to do the best you can in that in that event, aren't you? So yeah, um, the enormity of the challenge really shouldn't change. Because um, you're taking something on where you're trying to do the best you can, and uh, that's really the ultimate goal, isn't it? As long as we do the best we can in something. Um, yeah. So, so talk to me more about, um, or talk to me about the awareness for mental well-being, because this is what. So let's go back to your mm-hmm. summer event, mm-hmm. like the power of the pedal and deciding to do that and making it. Um, kind of like an awareness event because you I mean it looked like you had really planned like it your Instagram page is really cool with all those little videos um talk to me more about that like what drove you to I know this is kind of like a training because you're going to go to the states and you do that solo right you're not part of a team so this is this is like a lead up to and and I want to know how you how you felt like yeah let's talk about saddle okay. sores no just kidding <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah actually i didn't touch what i didn't get a saddle sore there we are oh, I, had, cool. I did have a sore ass but i didn't have a saddle sore <laughs> but that doesn't mean i never will i know that i'm trying, yeah, to, I'm trying I know. to find some wood here to touch but uh, <laughs> like they come and go as they please i find. yeah i know <laughs> i think the 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 actually the, the first thing i found out about the the power of the pedal ride um, uh, it was, I guess the challenge was I was trying to simulate Ram or race across mm-hmm. America, but at the same time, push a, a campaign for my, there's the power of the pedal awareness, uh, campaign. And it was, it was very hard to do both at once, you know, it's two mindsets, you know, you, if you're racing, right. you're focused on racing. Right. And, um, obviously when this ride became a, um, a mental, well, was a mental wellbeing campaign, you know, stopping and starting for interviews. Um, you know, you'll, you'll, you can't do that in Race Across America. That was the number one lesson I learned. I'll have to do, mm. you know, reorganise my awareness program so when I do go to Race Across America, it's just for the race. Just, mm-hmm. you know, ev- everything else is done and hopefully your performance will help uh, lever the messaging that you've done already uh, forward. But um, the reason um, what got my, my mindset about power of the pedal uh, I think I'm, I refer it goes back to when I was a, a kid. Um, you know, when I was a uh, just a tacker, and I was, um, you know, I was a roly poly sort of kid. I was never good at the cool sports at school. You know, I used <laughs> to always drop the ball. You know, I would, uh, you know, I couldn't play tennis, couldn't play cricket. You know, uh, even in rugby, I, my position was as a tight head prop, and they never passed the ball to me. So I, I was always, I think, I became 
some um, you know, lacked some self-esteem or a lot of self-esteem and that sort of built uh, in my school year. So I was trying to find something to do that, that I could be different and better at um, mm-hmm. than what others were doing. And that led me to, say, endurance sports. Um, hence, right. I got into rowing. And um, mm-hmm. everyone used to take, you know, make jokes about the rowers, you know, always training, always running, always rowing, you know, and the sport that you go backwards in. You know, I've heard all the jokes, and but it sort of empowered me. It empowered me in some ways to do something. And obviously, um, I think the self-esteem issues I, I had uh, sort of followed me through a lot of my life. And I think that's where, the you know, the bulimia even came into it. Because even though when I was a lightweight rower, um, mm-hmm. I was a heavy lightweight. So I was too short for a good head. Too short to be a good heavyweight rower, but I was a large lightweight rower. So there was always, you know, fighting weight and and everyone's making jokes about you looking, you know, they'd say, Oh, you're looking fat today, Rupert, and they'd be pinching you in the side. And and it's all about it's all it's all said in jest, but mm-hmm. when you're the receiving end of comments like that over and over and over and over, um, it does compound the the, the impact um, does compound. And if you've if you've got self-esteem issues. Then suddenly you're, you're, you've got body image issues, and then mm-hmm. suddenly it's become an obsession. And next thing, you're not just getting on the scales every two days just to check. Um, you're getting on the scales every hour of the day. Um, you know, you you wow. you like your food, but the next thing you're regurgitating it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've, I remember even doing it. You know, having a, a bout of it. You know, at the start of a race. You know, and. Um, and which doesn't make sense. I mean, the, the moments that it happens, it doesn't make sense. And my self-esteem issues sort of followed me through all my life. And I've seen a pattern even just in recent years of how and where it work and everything um, where it's followed me. And, and, and the bulimia is still, you know, I still wrestle with it today. So it's still something I have to be on top of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so being open about it obviously helps me because I think it helps you sort of get your head around the, the irrationality of it but it does make sense when you talk about it but at the same time I don't believe I'm the only person uh who who uh who suffers from self-esteem and, and bulimia and I and obviously mm. there's other mental health issues that other people um struggle with as well so I figured while I've got this platform as a journalist um uh albeit I'm, I'm a freelance journalist now I, you know I don't have a full-time job but while I have the platform and my love of ultra riding it all came together and I thought well I'm, I'm pretty lucky to have this platform and I'd like to use it um, obviously for, to, to help me get to RAM and to do other events for my own pleasure but I'd like to use it if I can in a way to have a platform to, to create the discussion to keep the discussion going about mental health and well-being um, and to try and encourage people not to be shy to talk about their issues and that's where we say connecting people connect your minds if you can mm-hmm. connect people to talk that's the first step and I'm not saying it's a magic wand and I'm not a I'm not a professional in this but I'm just a human being who's willing to talk about it um, as openly as I can um, and even then it's a two-way street being able to talk to someone about it it's helping me and hopefully me helping helping them and so when we did the the, the ride the power of the pedal ride um it was originally going to be from uh, Darwin to Hobart, uh, 4,900 kilometres, the same distance as Race Across America. But again, COVID um, stopped us going through the state of Victoria and then ultimately to Hobart in Tasmania because the borders were closing down um, oh, wow. uh, in, in Australia. So we were very fortunate that we actually got to 
uh, Adelaide. We went through Uluru Airs Rock, which was a 550 kilometre uh, dog's leg um, add-on to the trip. And we went, we did some other areas down in South Australia. So we managed to still get 3,700 kilometres or something, which we were very lucky with because the borders were starting to shut down as, as we were moving along sort of. And uh, so that was really a, a platform to use that. And we found along the trip, um, uh, wherever we went, we just bumped into people in the outback of Australia who would say they heard that we were out in the road somewhere. The truckies would be, you know, on the radios. They would say they'd heard what we're doing. Um, oh, cool. Um, the first night we went up uh, outside Catherine, we were about 400 kilometres into the into the ride and um, suddenly there was a whole lot of... Uh, uh, back burning by the by the fireys um, to, to try and control the areas for bushfires and stuff. But next thing I'm riding through a <laughs> riding through a, a bushfire, a controlled bushfire though, in the middle of the uh -huh. night. And uh, you know, and the and the uh, there's one fiery talking to the next, saying, "Oh look, watch out! These uh, everything's okay. Just watch out for the cyclist." And the other guy goes, "The cyclist? What's he doing here?" You know, <laughs> and then. <laughs> Our support crew chip in and say, yeah, yeah, we're with the power of the pedal. We're doing for mental well-being. And then they said, oh, look, you know, great initiative, all the best. And uh, and then they they escorted us through the fire zone that we we're riding through. So, oh, wow. And uh, there was another time uh, near Uluru where we, uh, we um, I think I finished late. You know, obviously, it was dark when I went to have a sleep. And next morning when I got up, um, I was standing near a blue tree. I mean, blue trees, you don't usually see blue trees, but I was just standing and someone said, do you know the story of the Blue Tree Project, Rupert? And I said, no, I don't. And um, the Blue Tree Project was is an initiative where, um, uh, where, where areas or towns or houses in the outback of Australia, um, if, if that area has been impacted by suicide, um, they'll, they'll oh. paint a tree blue. And oh my uh, gosh. so obviously, obviously where we stopped, coincidentally, was an area impacted by suicide and so there was an initiative that we were able to tap into there with mental well-being and mental health. Right. Um, and people, you know, we didn't organise anything. Just people just came out or, or fate led us towards places where, where people had heard about the story in our ride. And mm -hmm. it very much confirmed to me that, okay, we that the race scenario is not not in place here for RAM, but we're, we're actually making a difference, um, you know, and yeah. it really hit me hard. In a positive way, and I thought, gosh, this is this is really. It sounds cliched, you know. If you can impact one person, you know, you can make a difference. But it really was real, and um, and the country folk of Australia, are, uh, like a lot of country folk around the world, you know, they struggle with elements of drought, fire, um, mm -hmm. all sorts of plagues and things like that. Which, but they always look at a positive side, but they still do suffer very more badly, you know, from mental well-being and mental health issues yeah. and, and ultimately suicide. So, you know, I was just a bike rider riding across Australia and I felt very humbled to have that opportunity to to do that. And and the documentary, we've got a documentary that's airing um, next week in Australia on SBS television who followed us. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and that will be available uh, internationally. So um, I can get the details of that for you later, Sylvie. But yes, that, uh, would be, uh, that would be uh, awesome because... Yeah. Um, your episode will air after so if there's a link for people yep. to watch it that um you can provide that would be great yeah I'd, I'd love to there's there's a lot of stuff which was in some of those um the the because like i said the sbs crew um were following us they they and also my my media social team 
um, both both of them did their own videos, and that's where a lot of those short videos came up on <clears throat> on yeah. Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they sort of compiled them together, edited them, and and put a, a nice narrative through it through mm-hmm. it all. So uh, so you know, it's 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 amazing what you can do. Um, and but you got to have good people around you to help you. Obviously, as you know, Sylvie, it's yeah. you know, doing things just on your own is very hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a women's cycling club, and it's been for the last 13 years. And um, I have to say, you know, uh, surrounding yourself with the right people certainly does make things a lot easier. And um, you know, think run, it just runs better. And I've had some years where, you know, just the wrong people showed up, and I don't know why, but do you know what I mean? Like, yep. Um, and you're just like, God, you can't do anything about them, but hope that they don't bring down your whole organization. Um, yes. And just hope they don't come back the year after, you know, just like, <laughs> yeah. well, you're not really welcome back. No. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Do, I do understand. So now, have you, have you thought of making this like an annual event for yourself? Like, I mean, would you do this every year to raise awareness and make it like a um like a national thing in australia well I, I, i'm not sure i do exactly the same route because right as, yeah as, as as beautiful as going through <laughs> the uh, the heart the heart of australia and, and as beautiful as uluru is and it's a very long boring highway down, oh, right. down through the guts of australia and, and now I've done I've done uh, you know Fremantle to Sydney and that's west to east and now I've done mm-hmm. north to south. But what, what I would like to do and, and this is something I and I, I'm still yet to work out how to do it and I probably will need support and people to do it. But I would like to make the, the power of the pedal connecting people connecting minds initiative um, not just based on one ride. I'd like to make it a, uh, a living and breathing entity that's that's um, uh, I guess can be monetized obviously because you know I need to to live but. But also to 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 make it a um, a platform that does you know that it's it's you know ticking ticking over around the clock to twenty four seven really and right. and and then we do target um, sort of adventure adventures you know and the ride could be someone can come up with an idea for another ride and and we'll do that as well you know so yeah. i'm certainly open and i don't think it should be bound by just australia i think it, you, you can take it again don't put blinkers on mm-hmm. yourself um you know i'd like to take power of the pedal to canada you know why, Ooh, not? why hey. can't we do that well, you know but um you know you could probably use uh clara hughes's because she mm-hmm. she biked across canada for yep. mental health and she stopped i mean she stopped and did talks and and uh, we are lucky enough to actually see her in Ottawa when she came into one of our local towns of Armprior. And um, it was so fun. We got pictures with her and she did a talk mm-hmm. and then she continued on. So like she had these stops where people would just like congregate and um, and they were all yeah. organized. And that might be, um, you know, and, and then it's still her bell less Lex bell let's talk is still like a thing like every year um, mm-hmm. they raise money um and bell canada is, is our big uh, telecommunications company okay so yeah use uh, that i mean her model would be right up your 
your hour yeah. for making it um, something. I mean, she just took a year to do that. She just, mm-hmm. she's not doing that every year, but she did talks and, and travel around and, and is still, um, I guess, a, a figurehead for it with, yeah. with Bell Canada. So. Oh, no, that's, that's very interesting because it's you've got mm-hmm. me thinking now too because I noticed that even in the Power of the Pedal ride, like, you know, once um, uh, I actually, when we went to Uluru um, just the day before, I, I came down with a condition uh, called Shermer's Neck, um, which is where, where you basically you lose all, you, you can't lift your head. It's not painful. Mm. You just, the muscles in the back of your neck or in the shoulders, they they uh, they they get to a state where, where basically your head, you just can't lift it. It's a very heavy thing. The head. I never knew it was that that, that heavy. It's but thirty pounds. I know. Gosh. <laughs> and um, uh, so so um, and I'm fortunately I was able to to have it managed and I was able to finish. But um, the uh, I can't remember what I was going to mention that. Oh yeah, that's right. Because at that point I was still you know, tracking. You know, along my my daily average I was aiming for. I was trying to get four hundred kilometers plus. Oh a day my god, a day. Days. Yeah, yeah, that was. And then the Sherman's wow. neck put me way behind schedule. And that was part of the reality check that, you know, yeah. obviously I have to fix my neck up. It was a positional issue on my on my right. bike with the aero bars. I had it set up. This sounds really stupid, but I had it set up well for a 40K time trial, but a 4,000-kilometre time <laughs> trial, nah. And, um, uh, but anyway, so we we're, were way behind <laughs> schedule. We, we were, I, there was a point there I thought we were going to, um, you know, have to pull the pin, and, and I got quite... Uh, emotional about it all and it was like suddenly I felt again the self-esteem issues came I felt embarrassed mm-hmm. I thought this is I'm gonna look like a fool and and all this but then we thought let's just manage it and and we still had the um uh you know the the, the campaign you know we said hey we still got you know to deliver this message so once we tapped into that and sort of almost like took some of the pressure off me mentally right. and then things okay. came good again you know like suddenly things started coming good mm-hmm. again. I mean, we had a couple of days we went let did less kilometers and and when we couldn't make it to Hobart, you know, um, we thought we'd go down an area called the Air Peninsula down the uh, west of uh, west side of Adelaide, um, and we went there for a couple of days. And um, my crew chief, he lives in this. He used to live in this, as a kid in this town called Wyala, and he said, "Oh, look, let's let, let's go and visit Wyala." And I'm just going, "Yeah, whatever." You know, we just keep riding. You know, doesn't matter. We just we, I don't mind where we go. Let's just keep riding, and then. Uh, um, and then he he just rang ahead to the Wyala Cycling Club as you do, <laughs> and oh. he ma- he managed to get the president. And he said, "Oh, this, we, we're the power of the pedal ride. We're just going to come into Wyala." And the guy said, "Oh, look, we'll open up the velodrome for you. When will you?" Oh, you know? oh cool! So they opened the velodrome up for us, and they got a whole bunch of people just to turn up. And um, there we were uh, on the velodrome at Wyala, um, and people were there. And I gave an impromptu talk. Um, you know, and um, they weren't expecting me to turn up, but they they loved that we did. And there were stories of mental health and well-being challenges that people were having. Um, you know, all all the, just the, the, the stories that come. And suddenly I thought, wow, mm-hmm. here I was, you know, down and out, lamenting why we couldn't go finish the ride. But you know, now fate has delivered us directed us towards Wyala, but we never even thought of going to. And here I am at this velodrome, which was named after a former Olympian and um, 
and here wow. I'm giving a talk and I'm and you think the bigger picture impact of what you're doing and again mm -hmm. it's uh, and it was my banner the power of the pedal that that, that took me there you know so uh, I'm really honestly so grateful about the about the bicycle and what it can do and, and what it can take you to discover and, yeah. and the look look on their faces when they didn't expect us even turning up um and and they'd read some of my my stories from the tour de france and stuff but you know, they oh. felt it was nice to be able to sort of meet the person behind the byline. Um, but I was even more happier, I think, than they were because I just thought of, 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 of it just reinforced to me this this commitment that I want to do for Power of the Pedal beyond right. just that one ride. So if I can find a way or garner the support, and I definitely don't want to, you know, like I said, I'm not blinkered about it staying in Australia. I'd love to take it anywhere where we can go to just to tell a message. Um, right. and, to, and, and to engage with people so you know so just get people talking and riding oh, yeah for sure because there's it's amazing how the the bike has saved a lot of people's lives mm -hmm. do you know what I mean like I've, yeah. I've interviewed quite a few people who've had that that statement that uh, just getting on the bike changed their life um forever and yep. do you think like if you're to do something like that, it's not just about the miles. It's about who you meet along the way um, and stopping in those little, little towns. And like every town I'm sure has a bike club yep. that would uh, just welcome you in or, mm -hmm. you know, and, and help you along with that trip. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, yeah. We did it. We did a We did a um, sort of a, a dry run on the last year. Um, after we did the virtual race across America in the in the garage, you know, um, that must we, have been brutal. <laughs> yeah, that was that was crazy brutal. And uh, <laughs> but then we did a, a thing. We just called it an outreach tour, and we just because it was like a template. Um, we were trying to see what we could do and how we'd do it. So we got the motor home, and we just went out to a to a regional country town called Bathurst. And I, I rang ahead and told the cycling club, you know, this is what we'd like to do. So we. We uh, we did that. We just did a, a meet and greet. Went to the club country velodrome on the Friday night when they have racing. Just sort of said hello to people, and then we had a an impromptu ride the next day where people came, and um, and as you said, you know, people start telling you all their stories of yeah. some really tragic stories, but the positivity that they've gained since, and um, and then we did a, a talk that. Uh, late afternoon, you know, to people to come and just, uh, yeah, just engage with each other. And I told my story about my mental health issues and my bulimia and self-esteem and, and how it still goes through. And and then, you know, if you can say that, that helps the atmosphere to feel more relaxed where people can hopefully uh, share yeah. their experiences. And it was, it's a simple formula, but, I, you know, sometimes the best things are the most simplest things, aren't they, the most powerful. And yeah. uh, then we had another ride the Sunday morning and then we uh left and we returned back to sydney and i thought wow you could you could just it was such, such a simple thing to do um, mm -hmm. um it just took a few people to to you know open their doors and and, and then open their hearts and souls you know when we when we yeah. got there and, and the other thing was not to sort of you know in you know uh you know i'm not going there preaching a message you know i'm going there just to listen and, and to talk because right. it's, it's their town their country and and um, you're not there to sort of uh, you know in, impose on them. I'm just there to sort of right. visit and to and and to learn from them. And I said, 
you know, also for me living in the city, it's important to to be able to learn what the struggles and challenges people in the country are having. And if I can become better educated on that, I'll become uh, more aware back in the city so I can pass that message on too. You know, the, you know the, the disconnect between country and the city areas, I think around the world, you know, that's always going to be an issue to, to, to address. And again, if you can be a city guy who drinks his lattes uh-huh. <laughs> down at the supermarket on a, on a Friday morning, <laughs> then, then go out to the country and drink just hot black tea and stand around a bushfire at night, um, you know, you, you're helping Which to bridge. Which one's more fun? Tell me. I know, I know, I know. I prefer the bushfire. <laughs> yeah, not me the bush, too. Not, sorry, not the bushfire. The, the country, the, not the bushfire. Sorry, that's a, that's yeah, out of the control. Bush. Uh, but you know what I mean. The fire. Yes, yeah, the, yeah, the fire the long pit. Fire. Yeah, 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 the fire pit. So the fire pit. Again, yeah, another simple, pit. another simple uh, thing. That's all. It just got to give yourself time to do it. Mm-hmm. You know. So. So, uh, so what are you doing now? So, you have an event now. Mm-hmm. Um, are you going to have more than one event to showcase your, your, um, your, uh, I guess it's not a movie, I guess, or a documentary. Oh yeah. Um, well, well, it'll be on TV next week. Um, right. and then we will, we will be having a, um, power of the pedal talk night. Um, as soon as we can with the COVID restrictions here, it oh. was meant to be in August, but that's been, we've been locked down now since, um, since the beginning of July, so you know, pubs and oh, wow. restaurants, everything's been shut down, and and um, it's only just about to start opening up a little bit, but mm-hmm. um, very restricted. Like you still can't go to pubs or, or restaurants at the moment, and you can only um, you, you can uh, like cycling only it's this week. You're allowed to ride with four other people, so long as they're right. from your same local government area, and both and all people are double vaccinated. Um, but otherwise, it's, you had to ride in pairs um, and within right. five kilometer radius and local government area restrictions. So, so the, the initiatives that we were hoping to do, we haven't been able to do um, uh, since really. But we do have that. We do have one scheduled for a, a talk night with videos and photos. Um, mm-hmm. One of my support crew, he's a photographer, and he he's working on a coffee table book. That he wants oh, to very cool. publish. He's got some great photos of of uh, of um, of outback Australia, you know. Uh-huh. Um, so not just all of me. <laughs> it's it's, it's the, <laughs> I was say in various states yeah. of discomfort. Yeah, various states of discomfort. Or <laughs> well, on some of his photos, I'm just a little dot in this large expanse yeah. of sort of wilderness. But um, so I'll, I'll I bet you could some. get. I sorry. I bet you could get any. Uh, lots of photographers to go for a free trip just to take pictures. I yeah. mean, you know, what else are you mm. going to do? Yeah, it's, it's it's amazing how vast and remote Central Australia right. is, but at the same time, how beautiful it is. Um, right. I see the beauty more now when I see the photos and what I felt at the time, but <laughs> it's just, it's, it is it is quite remarkable. Yeah, you're and, like, uh, oh, I don't care how gorgeous that is. Where the hell are we stopping? What's the supper? <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 was, i could see that it'd be like that's <laughs> like, why you need to document everything so you can go back and see what i exactly. missed when my head was down yeah yeah <laughs> actually that's, that's what i did when i when i did the indian pacific wheel race i actually wrote a book on it called overlander and oh. it, and it was it's, it's basically on the two rides i did on it but most of it's on that first um one that um you know uh unfortunately you obviously 
you know, ended with Mike Hall's tragic death, but it wasn't about the death. It was more of the, um, it was more like a, a, a chronicle or day-to-day chronicle of my experiences when I was a, I was a total rookie in this ultra riding. <laughs> I made every every mistake you can think of, but I I actually at the time I face I did live Facebooks because I thought I'm gonna I'm oh, gonna uh, really yeah and I thought I'm gonna document all this and I don't care whether I'm having a bad moment or I look stupid or whatever I just want it to be real so I did live Facebooking and um and I didn't look at the I, I didn't have time to look at all the uh, responses but I thought when I write the book this will be better than having no notepad and writing notes because I'll be oh, able to for look sure. back and see see my state of mind and body the conditions and i'd see the responses on facebook which would help me help trigger my memory for, for the for the narrative that i was writing so uh, that's a really good way to to do it oh um, that's brilliant yeah yeah there's some shocking videos though like you know <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing well, about sure some of them were, now. like looking the best after a day of like <laughs> you know 10 hours of riding or 12 yeah. hours. <laughs> like you know you got like your wind swept or faces burned and, I mean dirt and some bugs in your eyes yeah <laughs> yeah 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 all of those all of those <laughs> yeah so how okay so where can people find your books um well, are they on um, Amazon yeah look they're on they're on Amazon um right. and they're uh I'm pretty sure they're all on Amazon um if you just go up to you know Rupert Guinness and on Amazon or uh or Bookatopia, um, and uh, um, I, I do find them online. Even if I just, if you just type them in, um, and so I've written about fifteen books. Uh, yeah. Most of them are on cycling. I've done a, a rugby book, a World War Two book, um, and uh, um, but most of them are on cycling from my from the professional days that I covered. You know, with the Tour de France, Cadell mm-hmm. Evans, uh, some some annuals I wrote. In the wow. winning magazine days and um i've done a couple of books about yeah the story of australian cycling or you know following aussies in I, the tour de france that'd be pretty cool like um which one is the mm. one you're talking about the um the history of cycling oh yeah yeah is that the most recent one yeah that's the power, called of, the... power of the pedal um, okay the so that's the one the current one yeah that's the current that came out in okay. 218 and and Overlander because Overlander is the book that I that, that came out after Power of the Pedal because that was the oh, book okay. that was inspired by that chapter on the Overlanders in the, in the right. Power of the Pedal book. So they're the last okay. two books that I that I wrote. Um, mm. and, I think those uh, be really interesting to read, like the history. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I did. It was uh, it was it was a, it, I was you know the, the history book. I remember when I wrote it. I I, I was taken aback by how deep the history of Australian cycling is. And, and um, I, I, was, I was, remember thinking that, you know, for so many years, people used to, when I was in Europe, people would talk about Australian cycling and how, you know, Australia is not a, a, a big cycling country and, and uh, we're just a minnow in the world of cycling or historically have been. And then when I wrote this book, it dawned on me how, how that's, it's, it's totally the opposite, you know, and and the history of Australian cycling is is really very rich, and it's also unique because of with the elements like the overlander riders I spoke about, and uh, and mm-hmm. uh, if you look at it from a broader sense, um, Australia is very much a a, a cycling country. I, I would think Canada probably is too. I mean, Canada is a huge country. I'm sure there was 
you know, it'd be interesting to find out, Sylvie, you know, with it the, would be. we were the overlanders in Canada, you know, you know, a bicycle was easier to look after than a horse. You didn't have, don't have to feed a horse, do you? You know, it's, right. it's, it's, I'd be interested to know in Canada if, if cycles sort of set off, you know, on these uh, massive rides and discovered a lot of the, the interior of the country um, mm-hmm. in the day, you know, because it was... Yeah. It's, I have it's, to look into that, yeah, but I'm going to get yours because I think that would, I like, I've, no, since I've, um, since I started my podcast, I've, I've interviewed three people so far who have books and I've read one completely because it was easy to read. <laughs> the other one, <laughs> I've, the other two, honestly, one is a documentary of um, this gentleman's life from mm-hmm. he escaped World War II from Romania and came over to Canada wow. and it's and it's very detailed and I'm like I don't know how he did it anyways I know him personally um and then uh Catherine Bertine's stand which is very it it documents like um the woman's tour de France and how it, like back in 84 mm. to now it's coming back next year and it that's extremely detailed and I'm like <laughs> like it's small letters and and uh, you know what I mean and but it's so it, yeah. it's taken me a while <laughs> so but but very interesting I mean like because I can relate to a lot yeah. of this I, I can relate to a lot of the things because I mm. started racing she started racing in 2005 at a higher level and that's when I started racing and so yeah. it, she just accounts like all of these um events like um with regards to uci racing and 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 europe and france uh, tour france and everything i was just like wow and then um and then peters is i know him so and i know his kids and he has a uh family sporting business uh um stats here in in town who i know and i've you know i've purchased bikes there and stuff and so you know Anyways, but they're very interesting. And I, I, I enjoy reading um, these cycling books. So yeah, that's well, the, the, <laughs> the power of the pedal book, I've, I've sort of, it's, it's sort of broken down into sort of manageable chunks. So, you know, you yes. don't have to read. Yes, you, you, I like you that. Can, you can put it down <laughs> and pause and have a breather for a couple of days, you know. So I sort of, you put some of your, you put some of your series of stories. Oh, um, this I'm, is not good. Sure the hum- I'm not sure the hum- there's a bit of hopefully there's a bit of there's a bit more me in the Overlander book than oh. the uh, power of the well, there's a bit of me in the in the history book because you have to you oh know, it's a history, history book that's right but history is kind of interpretive anyway isn't it you know right. so if, if you've got a bit of you in it you actually sort of you in some ways you you're explaining why someone someone may question interpretation of events or a period um, and that's my interpretation you know and that's how I've sort of stressed it so there is a bit of me in there too so um because how we all interpret things is always can be different and um and i think uh you know for me it was also a discovery very much of this history as well which i should have known about i thought i should have known since i spent 30 plus years covering the sport as a journalist but then i realized i spent so much time focused on on professional road racing and yeah. track racing that 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 is such a minuscule part of the sport of cycling really you know the bicycle yes. cycling is a bigger part than the tour de france you know uh-huh. the tour de france is the biggest race in the world but it's a part of a sport you know yeah. cycling is not a part of the tour de france and people 
you can get that that can get lost you know in in the in the in the hype and the narrative of the event um i think yeah. which or maybe it's my awareness this ultra distance stuff has made me more broad-minded about it all oh i don't know but i think you're you're bang on where you know a lot of people is tour de france and expensive mm-hmm. bikes and and you know and there's just so much more to it all right yeah. so i think we're i think is there anything else that you want to share about your book or next year's event right now um oh only that uh you know when i when i do um you know i'm going to keep this this narrative of the, the story of the power of the pedal going and i'm certainly open to any ideas or issues to, to help me do that as i said we, you know you can't do anything alone mm-hmm. um, and I've, I've, i'm but i'm also focused so much focused on race across america from the performance side of things now so I've, I've got to compartmentalize the two aside from each other in some ways so i'm as well prepared as as i can be for for ram um yeah it's such a hard event it's it's in some ways i'm glad i didn't go over two years ago because I don't <laughs> think I would have been ready for it I don't think I would have been ready for it this year you know I think mm-hmm. you know I've been blessed in some ways that I've I've had I've been able to come up with these other sort of some people say crazy rides but you know rides with purpose that 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 helped me prepare and learn a lot, a lot of the learnings through as you know Sylvie a lot of the learning comes through the mistakes you make oh, yes. rather than yeah. in the good days and um um you know uh you know, I think it's it's. I'm glad I've had all that, and um, but I'm really looking forward. I'm as enthusiastic about RAM as I ever have been. And, oh, cool! Well, you are um, getting closer to me, so you might never yes. know. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to pop up. We'll have to get up to Canada then, eh? Yes, I think so because I think I want to say you. Where do you do you know where you finish? Because I think. Yeah, we finish in uh, it, it, Ram starts. Uh, Ram finishes in uh, Annapolis in Maryland. Oh, Maryland. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, that's yeah. near New York. So that's um, yeah. I would say Maryland's probably about seven hours from me. Maryland, okay. yeah. maybe a, maybe longer. What what riding time or like driving time? Driving time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no <laughs> no Maryland, no, it's not that far but it's far like i'm actually now, very I'm, I'm really i'm really fortunate to have a have american sponsor though too you know which is which oh, is great good. a place a company called wagner roofing and they're they're based in maryland so oh, it, they're, yes, they're, I they're, saw that. they're one of my main main sponsors and um um dean yagush who's the uh, president and owner of the company he is the nephew of a cycling club mate of mine here in Sydney. <laughs> oh, very. And that's, wow. And that's, how the union, that's how the union happened. And, and Dean used to be a triathlete who raced mm-hmm. over in the States. And then he um, uh, then he got into, I guess, his afterlife in business. And now he's married and, and now he owns Wagner <laughs> Roofing. And, and he, <laughs> he's really on board on, on the mental health and well-being. And they have, they had a, they've been we've they've been running in in correlation with with the power of the pedal campaign an internal um fit body fit minds campaign where mm-hmm. a lot of their staff have uh, taken up cycling and encouraged it and so a lot of our uh, some of our videos have been sort of you know shout outs to the crew mm-hmm. at wagner 
you know, and, and they've sent messages back to me. And it's really, again, it's just that connectivity that you get from across the world. And, 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 and it really is genuine connectivity. You know, it's just, uh, and so I'm, I'm actually super motivated by the thought of, I guess, in some ways, you've, you've, I'm riding into a home, hopefully I'll be riding into a home um, finish in uh, Annapolis, you know, where, where the Wagner crew will be there. So it's, it's just fantastic, the synergy that you can create in sport, I think, you know, just by connecting and uh, as we are now, Sylvie, you know, it's, it's, it's a great yeah. uh, opportunity. I know this is, um, well, I will spread the word as much as you can. So what do you need then uh, for this event? Is there anything else? Because I think I saw you're still looking for sponsors or were you mm. going to help people find sponsorship? Because I'm like, I could use yeah. some help. <laughs> so I'm like, what's this message mean? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely looking for sponsors. I'm looking for sponsorship. and um, but, but, uh, but through the sponsorship, um, you know, I'm really definitely committed to, to to wanting to help the message of mental well-being and mm -hmm. and, and health. And I think, uh, you know, to try and create as much connectivity between between myself and my crew and the sponsor. So it's not, you know, it's it's a two two way communication. Two, you know, that it's a really is a partnership where I want to be able to 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 uh, help not just the the brand with brand awareness, et cetera, in the public right. domain, but to help the people and families within that within those companies. And if if my messaging can can help internally and within their companies to bring positivity, I'd love to do that and um, and do whatever it takes to do it. You know, right. with, with internal rides, talks, um, oh yeah, gatherings. You know, and and if it mm. means after Ram, um, you know, we'll, we'll for Ram we'll we'll come over before. For, uh, to get ready, we'll probably go to Borrego Springs and and get ready there before we start. And then, mm -hmm. um, but if after Ram, um, there's opportunities to pursue after. To, you know, as part of any arrangements, um, you know, I'm happy to hang around and uh, and still. Well, you should. Put in. Yeah, yeah, hang I'd love to do for it. a little while in the U.S. Mm. No, I definitely would love can, to do that. Travel up to Canada and yep. go to Montreal or Toronto and. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's all part, you know, of taking this power of the pedal beyond Australia. So it's a great opportunity to do it. And mm -hmm. um, I think that we'll be able to travel more then. Touch wood. Don't want to get too far yeah, ahead really. of myself. But... Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. So where can they find you? Obviously, we were talking about Instagram. That's probably mm -hmm. the main spot. But there is, is there a couple of websites that people can check? Yes. Um, check you out. I've got my my personal website, just uh, rupertguinness.com.au. Okay. Uh, so it's R-U-P-E-R-T-G-U-I-N-N-E-S-S. -N like Guinness. Yeah. Everybody's like Guinness beer. <laughs> and dot .au, dot .au on the end as well. So, and yeah, uh, I'm, I'm on Facebook. Right. Um, at rupert.guinness. That's my cycling uh, power of the pedal Facebook. And I'm on Twitter as well. Oh. Good old Twitter. <laughs> a lot of people on Twitter. Amazing. Yeah. Especially a lot, a lot of racers. But so all these links will be in our show notes. So you can definitely go there to access any of them. I will actually put the links for um, his books on Amazon. So if anybody wants to go grab a couple of those, I'm sure that will help as well. But 
I just want to say thank you. Um, I don't know if you if you have any parting um, words of wisdom before we finish. Uh, Sylvie, look, you can lay on us, Rupert. Yeah, yeah. Look, <laughs> it's it's been it's been great to be talking to you today, it's, and I know we've we've been talking about talking for a long time now. So I'm glad yeah, we've I done know. it, and, and uh, I really look forward to coming over to North America next year. Not just mm -hmm. to the US, but to Canada. I've been to Canada a few times, and I love the country. Oh, I love hey. Canadians. Hey. Um, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of similarity between Canadians and Australians. So I think, uh, you know, any time to be able to come and, you know, meet people, that'd be great. And and I look, I know with this whole, there's the whole world's in a lot of seeming chaos at the moment. But um, I find the best thing to do is to try and simplify things and and appreciate what you have in the day rather than what you haven't got and that can range from opportunities to friends and if you can't contact them face to face you can still contact them through mm -hmm. zoom or phone calls um, just try and be creative and imaginative and uh, but still at the same time stay healthy it's it is the, the COVID is awful and yeah. you know, it is something that I think we can all do individually to try and minimize the the impact of it um, but to help each other so if you can help one person, you're going to help them help somebody else. So uh, mm. I try and look at the positive side of stuff. I love when, it. When the sun shines, when the sun, it's glorious here in Sydney. Not a cloud in the sky and it's early spring and it's probably going to get about 23, 24 degrees Celsius. So for me, it's, uh, it's the day is, I've done, a, I've done a circuit session. Have it a, I've had a good chat with you, Sylvie, today. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, you have a good rest of your day. Yeah. I am going to go to bed. No, <laughs> oh, yeah. Good, good luck in your race tomorrow, in the gravel race. Okay, rip it. Oh, thank you. Hey, it's eight hours. It's not oh, like as long as yours. but That's long enough. The, the first eight hours are the hardest. <laughs> yeah, the first eight hours. You're hilarious. Well, I am not... Um, I'm not a stranger to endurance races myself. I've done some adventure racing. Um, my longest one was eight days. So oh my gosh. I've been out, but not on the bike for eight, eight days. <laughs> that makes a big difference. So like hiking, paddling, mm -hmm. uh, mountain biking, rappelling. So it's a, uh, so I'm, you know, when I looked at that, I was like, ah, oh, you know, and it's, it's a circuit. So it's an, a 27K loop. You do as many loop as you can in eight hours. So I was like, I can do that. <laughs> Anyways, you, you just follow me on Instagram, Rupert, because I'm going to try and, um, well, there's no Wi-Fi there for the event, but I will be taking all sorts of videos, I'm sure, while I'm riding, because <laughs> I usually do that. Um, okay, so, I look forward to that. But, but thank you to all of our listeners for uh, catching this episode. And please, if you know of somebody who would benefit from this discussion on mental health and wellness, please share this with them. And I want to thank you. And don't forget to follow both of us and the podcast on Instagram. And maybe we'll just pop off here uh, or no, uh, take our videos. See if you're, I'm still yeah. awake. Are you, oh, there you are. <laughs> Say goodbye to each other. Maybe I'll even take a picture. Hold on. Okay. Oh, we'll have to do this while we're on, on live. All right, not be. <laughs> All right. Yay. Oh my God. Awesome. All right. Thank you, everybody. Have an amazing evening and a weekend. And make sure you ride your bike. And uh, 
Have a good evening. Thanks, Rupert. Thanks, Sylvie. Ciao, ciao. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast, learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.